Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for the way you've revealed yourself in your word. Thank you for the riches of scripture. Thank you that it contains um, a revelation of who you are. uh, and, and especially you reveal yourself in the, in the person of your Son, our Lord Jesus. Uh, but we thank you for uh, that uh, you're a God who brings uh, wisdom to us. Um, we thank you for the wisdom of your word. And we pray that as we um, uh, hear words of wisdom today for how to live our lives in light of who you are and what you've done for us in Jesus, please work powerfully by your word, through your word in our hearts and lives and uh, bring glory to your name uh, through lives transformed. Uh, by um, your word. Uh, We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Job chapter 28. There is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from ore. Mortals put an end to the darkness. They search out the farthest recesses for ore in the blackest darkness. Far from human dwellings, they cut a shaft. In places untouched by human feet, far from other people, they dangle and sway. The earth from which food comes is transformed below as by fire. Lapis lazuli comes from its rocks and its dust contains nuggets of gold. No bird of prey knows that hidden path No falcon's eye has seen it. Proud beasts do not set foot on it, and no lion prowls there. People assault the flinty rock with their hands and lay bare the roots of the mountains. They tunnel through the rock. Their eyes see all its treasures. They search the sources of the rivers and bring hidden things to light. But where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? No mortal comprehends its worth. It cannot be found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me. The sea says, it is not with me. It cannot be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed out in silver. It cannot be bought with the gold of Ophir, with precious onyx or lapis lazuli. Neither gold nor crystal can compare with it, nor can it be had for jewels of gold. Coral and jasper are not worthy of mention. The price of wisdom is beyond rubies. The topaz of Cush cannot compare with it. It cannot be bought with pure gold. Where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It is hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds in the sky. Destruction and death say, only a rumour of it has reached our ears. God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. For he views the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he established the force of the wind and measured out the waters, when he made a decree for the rain and a path for the thunderstorm, then he looked at wisdom and appraised it. He confirmed it and tested it. 
And he said to the human race, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to shun evil is understanding. Well, good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year to you. I uh, trust you've had a good New Year's. Looking forward to the, he- the year ahead. Uh, but maybe, maybe for you, uh, it's not exactly looking forward. Maybe you've seen this meme floating around the internet. I think it captures something that uh, a lot of us are feeling. <laughs> Do you remember the heady old days of New Year's Eve 2019, when we looked ahead to the year to the year ahead with a naive optimism? <laughs> but then two years of COVID has sort of shaken our confidence, hasn't it? Uh, we're not quite sure what's going to greet us as we walk through that door into 2022. Well, friends, this is uh, the kind of world we're living in. It's the world we're all living in. Uh, and the question I want to open up for us today and over this next few weeks is how can we live well in this kind of environment? How can we live well in a world that has so many joys and wonders but also a world of instability and insecurity, a world of that in which there is a lot of pain and suffering, a world where we're not in control. Now, that's a reality that has come home to us, hasn't it, over the last couple of years? Uh, maybe it's something that's always been true, but just that we're just sort of realising it in a more acute way. There are many attempts to answer that question, right? How do you live well in that kind of environment? There's lots of attempts to answer it. What we're going to do, though, over these next few weeks in January is to hear a little of the Bible's answer to that question. Uh, There's a word in the Bible for this kind of living well in the world God has made, this kind of skillful living. Um, It's called wisdom. That's what we're thinking about over these next few weeks. It's called wisdom. I've used this image before, but it's a great one. It's a bit like working with wood. Uh, you can see there on the picture, uh, if, and if you've ever w- worked with wood before, you know that wood has a grain to it. Wood has a, gra- a direction that the fibres of the wood all go in. Uh, and, and if you try to carve out a piece of wood against the grain, it's likely to kind of fracture and splinter. It's not going to do what you want it to do. Uh, and and you, what you need to do is kind of respond to the way that the wood is and work with the grain if you're going to make something beautiful like that little duck there or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, it's, I think this is a really helpful image for us to understand the Bible's idea of wisdom, of wisdom. Because just like that piece of wood, the whole of creation, the whole of the universe, the whole of your life has a grain to it, a direction that it's made in. Uh, There is a kind of givenness about reality, about things, a a way things just are. Uh, And and it's just just like carving that piece of wood. Living wisely, living skillfully in this world means recognizing that grain and going with it and not cutting against it. So over the next few weeks through January, uh, we're going to be dipping into a really um, an interesting and important part of the Bible. It's a collection of books from the Old Testament known as the Wisdom Books. Uh, they're books of ancient wisdom, but they speak with incredible relevance and power to us today. 
Uh, you can see up on the screen there, we're going to think about what the Bible says about how to live wisely with this grain of the universe in next week in suffering. Uh, we'll be back in the book of Job for that. Uh, then in thinking about love, living wisely in love uh, from the Song of Songs. Wisdom in anxiety from the book of Ecclesiastes and then wisdom in fear from the book of Proverbs. Uh, but what we're going to do today is um, we're going to have a higher level kind of view. Uh, we're going to reflect on a chapter in one of these wisdom books in the book of Job. It's kind of like an introduction to this whole idea of wisdom and where we can find it. It's a chapter that comes right in the middle of this book of Job. And if you know anything about the book of Job, which we'll look at more closely next week, it's a book all about suffering. It's about wisdom in suffering. It's this chaotic, wild book. Uh, and it's got a lot of anguish and confusion, and you can feel like that as you're reading through it. But right here in the middle of the book is this kind of calm, ordered reflection on wisdom. It's like this oasis in the middle of a desert. So we're going to look at this chapter together this morning as like an introduction to this whole theme. But the first thing that it says about wisdom, I think, is a bit of a shock to us. If it's true that there is this grain to the universe, this way things are made, and living well in God's world means lining yourself up with that grain, then surely finding out what that grain is, finding out wisdom, is deeply important is deeply important for all of us. And, and as you start reading this chapter, it seems like, uh, at first, it seems like humans should be able to find wisdom because we're really, good at finding, we're really good at finding a whole lot of things. We're really good at finding hidden things. Uh, and so I have something for the kids now. It's sort of a, a halfway through kids' talk, so I need your help, though, kids. We're going to find some hidden things. So let's have a go. Uh, okay, it says there, Mama Duck is hunting for her three ducklings. Can you help her find them? Can anyone spot them? You reckon you can spot them? Yep. Yep. Okay. Let's go to the next slide, see if you got it right. Hey, there we go. Okay, what about next? Uh, find the one that is different. Have a look. See if you can find the one on each line that's different. You reckon you got it, Meg? Yeah? Yeah? Remember your choice, and let's go to the next slide and see if you're right. Yeah, well done. See, we're so good at finding things. Here we go. Here, this one will challenge you, though. Next one. You have to find the Santa. <laughs> Hidden in, there's a whole lot of delivery cars. I'm not sure anyone, can it, does anyone think they can find it? You reckon you've got it, Cassia? Yeah? You reckon you've got it? Okay, let's, let's have a look. Next slide. That, yes, hey, well done. <laughs> okay, well, we're really good at finding things, right? Humans are really good at finding, but what this chapter does is it takes this, this idea of finding hidden things and it uses the image of a mine, it uses an image of mining underground for hidden things. Verse 1 says this, There is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from ore. There are, so there are these treasures hidden deep in the dark places of the earth. Uh, but what does it say in verse 3? He goes on, mortals put an end to the darkness. So that's, that's what we can do. We can put an end to that darkness deep under the earth. 
They, they search out the farthest recesses of for awe in the blackest darkness. Far from human dwellings, they cut a shaft in places untouched by human feet. Far from other people, they dangle and sway. You can kind of picture like a, a mine, an ancient mining shaft down and they're kind of dangling and swaying as they're being lowered down into the mine. The earth from which food comes is transformed below as by fire. Lapis lazuli comes from its rocks and its dust contains nuggets of gold. So there's these hidden traces far underneath the earth in the darkness of the earth and we're really good at finding them. We're really good at finding them out. We find things in places not only, but we find things in places no other creature can find them. No other creature looks for them, not even the strongest ones, the most keen-eyed ones, verse 7. No bird of prey knows that hidden path. No falcon's eye has ever seen it. Proud beasts do not set foot on it, and no lion prowls there. The, the, the pinnacle of created, the created world, they don't do what we can do. They can't find out. People assault the flinty rock with their hands and lay bare the roots of the mountains. They tunnel through the rock. Their eyes see all its treasures. They search the sources of the rivers and bring hidden things to light. We can find so many hidden things. Surely, surely humans can find wisdom too. But what do we read? Verse 12. But where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? That's a good question, isn't it? That's the question. If we're so good at finding gold and iron and jewels under the ground, surely we can find wisdom. But there's, here's the shocking part of this section, the really humbling reality that the Bible teaches us. Verse 13. No mortal comprehends its worth. It cannot be found. Wisdom cannot be found in the land of the living. The deep says, it's not in me. You should dive as deep as you want. It's not there. The sea says, it's not with me. See, wisdom isn't something that we can find out on our own. It's not something that we can even, even if we all work together really, really hard, <laughs> as much as we can, it's not something that we can work out. It's just something that is not available to us. We can't find it. Not only that, he goes on, we can't buy it either. Verse 15, it cannot be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed out in silver. It cannot be bought with the gold of Ophir, with precious onyx or lapis lazuli. Friends, this is really important for us as we start this series thinking about wisdom. The first thing the Bible wants us to know about wisdom is that it is out of our reach. It is out of our reach. I want to give really wonderfully good news today. But we're only going to see that and hear it and take it into ourselves and feel it as the wonderful news it is if we first come to hear and accept this sobering bad news. When it comes to wisdom, when it comes to seeing the way things really are, the way the universe is, this grain of the universe, and when it comes to you living your life in line with it, human beings are stumbling around in the dark. You are stumbling around in the dark. And on your own, in your own strength, you'll never find it. You can read all the books you like. You can go on all the spiritual retreats you can find. You can enrol in as many university courses as you can. As you, can. you can do amazing things. But this 
True wisdom will always be hidden from you. Uh, You can climb the highest mountain. You can learn from the greatest gurus. You can create the most successful, profitable business. But true wisdom will always be out of reach for you. You can look inside yourself. You can look in your own hearts. But even there, you will not find this wisdom. It's a really, do you see what I'm getting? It's really quite a shocking and humbling thing that the Bible is saying here. It's a humbling claim. And what it does is this this chapter plugs into the whole big story of the Bible uh, where humanity has cut it, we've cut ourselves off from our creator, where people, you and I, we live according to our own plans and our own desires rather than joyfully trusting and obeying his And that break in our relationship with God, it means that we've cut ourselves off from wisdom too. So long as we live sort of disconnected from our creator, we won't be able to see the grain of his creation. And this is a tragedy. It's such a tragedy because wisdom is what we need. Wisdom is what we long for. Verse 17 Oh, neither gold nor crystal can compare with it with wisdom, nor can it be had for jewels or gold. Coral and jasper are not worthy of mention. The price of wisdom is beyond rubies. The topaz of Cush cannot compare with it. It cannot be bought with pure gold. And don't you feel that, friends? Don't you feel that? Wouldn't it be wonderful... Wouldn't it be worth more than any treasure, any gold, any, any bank account number? Wouldn't it be worth more than anything to walk into 2022 with, this, with wisdom, with this kind of wisdom, to be able to see reality clearly and to live with a kind of calmness and strength and peace and grace, to respond to suffering and sickness when it does and inevitably will come to you with wisdom. With wisdom to to form and to go about your relationships in a way that brings life and flourishing in God's world. Uh, To be able to go through times of anxiety and fear, not kind of immune to them, but with this kind of a, a deep underlying stability about you to know just the right word at the right time and to know when not to speak, but to, just to listen. Don't you long for that? Don't you long for that? So there's this real tragedy here. Because of our sin, because we've cut ourselves off from our creator, from the source of wisdom, the wisdom that we long for, the wisdom that we need, is out of reach. It's out of reach for us. What what God's word is putting before us today, what the Bible is telling us today, is that the first place to start for you to find wisdom is to recognize that you can't find it. Not on your own, not in your own strength. And to be humbled by that reality, to be humbled by it. Wisdom is out of reach for us in our own strength. But did you see what we're going to read as we go on? It's out of reach for us, but it's not out of reach for God. 
It's not out of reach for God. If you're looking for wisdom, what this passage is telling us is you're looking, you, to start looking for wisdom means to start looking for God. Verse 20, where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It's hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed for even from the birds in the sky. Destruction and death, say, only a rumour of it has reached our ears. Right? Everything, not, nothing, no one and nothing knows the, the way to this wisdom, except, verse 23, God. God understands the way to it. He alone knows where it dwells. For he views the ends of the earth, he sees everything under the heavens. When he established the force of the wind, when he measured out the waters, when he made a decree for the rain and a path for the thunderstorm, the strongest, most um, terrifying natural events, when he made, decreed those and made a path for the thunderstorm, then he looked at wisdom and appraised it. He confirmed it and tested it. See what this is saying? While we can't find wisdom in our own strength, God knows the way to it. Of course he does. He's the creator of the universe. He, he fashioned this world with its grain. With this grain. And he doesn't hold wisdom back from those who come to him and ask him for it. He is a generous God. He has revealed his wisdom in his word. He has spoken it. That's what you read in the last verse of this section. Uh, it's like this climax of the whole chapter where it's all been heading. Uh, verse 28 says this. And he said to the human, this is wisdom revealed. It's not something that we can work our way up to. It's something that has come down to us in the word of God. He said to the human race, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil, that is understanding. It's, it's a really intriguing little verse, isn't it? There's so much in there. Do you notice how wisdom here, wisdom isn't some sort of abstract thing that you can discover? Something, maybe something that's only really smart people can get to? True wisdom it's all about your relationship to God. It's all about your relation. It's what's called here the fear of the Lord. Uh, the, the fear that is being talked about here, and we'll come back to this uh, in a few weeks' time, it's not a kind of terror kind of fear. It's not that kind of fear. It's more like a, an awe-filled worship. Um, think, more, uh, think more about... Uh, yeah, uh, uh, but I, I just want to make a, a quick comment. Uh, a quick comment here on this: uh, we we often want detailed answers to the challenges of our lives, right? But do you notice what God gives us here? Uh, God doesn't give that to us here. He actually shows us something much deeper and richer that is going to carry us through any circumstance, whatever circumstances come your way. Whatever instability and uncertainty and pain you face this year, and who knows what that's going to be? Who knows for any of us what that's going to be? The path of wisdom is always, always to walk forward with this 
awe-filled worship of God, to fear the Lord in your life, to give your life in humble worship of him. It can be frustrating, can't it? This desire for detailed answers to our questions. Um, God says the path of wisdom isn't to pursue wisdom for its own sake. Uh, it's not to kind of get all the answers for yourself. You know what had happened then, right? You'd become puffed up and proud. Uh, the path of wisdom doesn't mean figuring out all the answers for yourself. It means coming to the one who alone has all the answers. It means bending your heart before him in humble, trusting worship. And that's going to express itself in a changed life. Did you see what it says there? To fear the Lord and to shun evil, to turn away from the kinds of ways of living that cut against the grain that God has put into his creation. Uh, what that looks like in a bit more detail is what we're going to look at over the coming weeks. I'm going to see what these wisdom books say about that. But this week is really critical and foundational. If we're going to grow in true wisdom together, this is where we need to start. Not seeking wisdom in our own strength, according to our own desires and thoughts, but seeking God, trusting that what he has revealed in his word is enough, because he alone knows the path of wisdom. And friends, where I want to finish is just by encouraging us that we are in a far better place to do that than even the first readers of this poem in Job chapter 28. This was from the Old Testament, the part of the Bible written before Jesus. But in the big picture of the Bible, God, God responds to that. You know how we, re we reject God? It cuts ourselves off from wisdom. But God responds to that with incredible grace. And in the fullness of time, God spoke his word. He revealed his true wisdom as he had been doing all the way, but he, he, in the fullness of time, he did it in all its perfection and glory in a person, in the person of Jesus Christ. That's, that's what we rejoice in at Christmas time. The word became flesh and made his home among us. Uh, wisdom became incarnate. Wisdom became a person in Jesus. Jesus is the perfectly wise one the perfect embodiment of true wisdom. Uh, the Apostle Paul puts it like this in his letter to the Colossians. He, he's talking about his goal for the people he's serving, and he writes this. He says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely, here it is, it's not a mystery anymore, the mystery of God, namely, Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So this, this great unsearchable mystery that no one can mine, no one can understand, no one knows the way to, this great treasure has now been revealed fully in Jesus. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. And that means all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are available in him. Job 28 teaches us to come to God for wisdom in this kind of fearful, awe-filled worship. 
uh, in a commitment to live in line with how he has made us to live. And friends, the gospel is the wonderful news that God has come to us. He has done everything to wipe out what separates us from himself and from his love and wisdom. Uh, He did that at the cross. Uh, We saw in 1 Corinthians, if you're with us when we looked at 1 Corinthians, we saw that the message of the cross that seems foolish is actually the deep, true, wonderful wisdom of God. Uh, And so what we're going to do now is we're going to come together to share in the Lord's Supper. Uh, This is like a, a reminder to us that at the cross... Uh, through the cross, through coming to, to Christ in repentance, in this fear of the Lord, and trusting in Jesus' death in our place, we are united to him, and he shares his treasure with us. He shares his treasure with us. So this is where to start if you are seeking to live wisely in 2022. Whatever uh, happens as you open that door and you step through, this is the path of true wisdom Uh, coming to Christ in whom all of the treasures of wisdom are, are hidden and made available to us.